Hello and welcome to the Enthusiasts Guild. We're breaking our format this episode because it's a holiday special. We have more people than ever before. We're feeling merry and bright. This year, we've been spending more time than ever stuck at home, and I've been watching a lot more Christmas movies than ever before. And I wanted to drag these good people in for a holiday special draft. Each person will pick a holiday movie or TV special that they want to do and something good that goes along with that. Today we have Heather Shear. Heather, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Hi, I'm Heather. I am a longtime friend of Fletcher's, and I've known Adam for a while, too. And I'm very excited. I'm honestly this podcast's biggest fan. (laughs) Next up is return guest, Olivia Lawrence. Hi, Olivia. Hi. Thanks so much for coming back to us. Thanks for having me. I love Christmas. And listeners may remember Olivia from the Buffy the Vampire Slayer band candy episode. And Olivia and Heather are friends, too. Yes. Next up is my wonderful co-host, Adam Zaremski. Hello, everyone. Glad to be back. Adam, are, are you a holiday movie person? Ah, uh, To a point, yeah. There's some that I really enjoy. I think a lot of the classics that a lot of people have are some of my favorites. They're ones I grew up with, and I still enjoy getting back to them and now kind of introducing some of them to my children when possible. We are ready for round one of our holiday special draft. It's going to be Heather, Olivia, Adam, and me. So, uh, Heather, you're up. What is your first movie choice? So I'm so excited to go first. I actually watched this movie last night. My first pick would be It's a Wonderful Life. It's a favorite Christmas movie and actually one of my favorite movies in general. I love it because of the time period. I love the 1930s. I love the clothes and just how people acted back then. The movie in general is just so heartwarming. And I love the lesson and how important our relationship with other people is in our lives. And it just makes me want to be a better person in general. I love that movie. That's a great choice. Thanks. I definitely teared up, even though I've seen it a million times. I was definitely tearing up last night, the very end, the last scene. Zozo, Zozo, my little ginger snap. How do you feel? Fine. Not a smidge of temperature. Not a smidge of temperature. Hallelujah. Hello. Some prominent songs in that movie that when I hear it reminds me of that particular movie would be Buffalo Gales because uh, we're from Buffalo. There's a lot of Buffalo references in the movie, which I love because it's back in the era where Buffalo was really booming. I also love Old Lang Syne, which I mean, it's just a classic song, but I think that's why I always insist on listening to it on New Year's Eve, because it just kind of brings back the emotion from the movie. Adam, I think I saw you react when Heather picked that movie. It was a high pick on my list, too. <laughs> it's, and I was curious for when Heather first saw it, because I didn't actually see this until I was about 27 years old, so maybe like 10 years ago. It was something I caught in pieces on TV. You'd catch a little middle, a little end or whatever, but then it was probably around 27 I got to, I was at my parents' house after a holiday party and I just stuck around to watch the whole thing. And I was surprised how much I enjoyed it because it was kind of that movie that's, oh, everyone's seen it. Who cares? But ever since then, now it's kind of that, it, like everything you said, Heather, it's a good traditional movie. It's still well done for something that was made, but 1946 uh-huh. I'd seen. Yeah. Well, when did you first encounter it? I know I definitely saw a lot of it if not the whole thing, when I was probably less than 10 years old, my parents would play it. 
And I think it is one of those movies where it's very important to watch the whole thing from beginning to end, because that's how your understanding of George Bailey and the situation he's in comes about. Like you don't really understand the importance of the last scene. If you haven't seen who he is as a person in the beginning third of the movie. So I definitely understand why you wouldn't really appreciate it fully until you watched the whole thing beginning to end. But yeah, I've always liked older, older things, older outfits. I have a lot of vintage clothing and it's just really appeals to me because of that. What were some facts? Lionel Barrymore, who plays Mr. Potter, is actually Drew Barrymore's great uncle, which some people might not realize. She's from a very long line of famous actors. It goes back 400 years. Wow. Yeah. And he really was in a wheelchair. Like, that wasn't just part of his character. The other really, really interesting fact that you might not know, and my dad always reminds me when we watch it, it was actually a massive box office flop. It was not successful at all. It didn't become as famous as it is until it became public domain in the 80s because somebody forgot to renew the licensing. And so all the public TV stations were starting to play it because it was cheap. And that's when it really got to be well known. Interesting. So that's why it would be on every holiday, every Thanksgiving and Christmas, just because people, they need to fill up airtime probably. Exactly. <laughs> Jimmy Stewart's performance in that movie is so good. I, I just, like you said, I enjoy all the parts of that. I like some of the other films by that director, Frank Capra, but I think that It's a Wonderful Life is just the perfect combination of all of these factors. And I, I will say that my family has a habit of shouting Merry Christmas, Bedford Falls on Christmas when we drive through <laughs> East Aurora. <laughs> That's so Did anyone else have that on their list? It was on my list, but I figured out that somebody else would pick it before I did. <laughs> I think a Tom and Jerry would be perfect for this era. Like a perfect beverage to accompany It's a Wonderful Life. Wait, what is a Tom and Jerry? It's a rum drink with milk or eggnog, and it's got a frothy egg batter that goes on top. It's very good. Mm. It tastes better than it sounds. <laughs> I like a good Tom and Jerry. On to Olivia for pick number two. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life is off the board, but you have a lot of options in front of you. I don't think I am as prepared as Heather was. <laughs> I have one tiny little page of notes for all of my movies. But my number one pick was Santa Claus, but not the one with Tim Allen. Huh. The one that has the dad from Harry and the Hendersons as the bad guy. I have not seen this movie. It was made in 1985. I don't know any of the people's real names, but it's my favorite one. And I drink hot chocolate with that. Why is it your favorite? It's just so like warming. And there's a classic like, oh, the elf feels overworked. So he moves to New York City and then he meets this evil toy maker and he tries to take over the world and you eat mini minced meat pies with it and hot chocolate and it's the perfect thing. <laughs> I, I, I love mini minced meat pies and hot chocolate as a combination. That sounds really fun. I have never heard of this movie. No, I, I did not know this existed. I have it on DVD. You can borrow it. Well, thank you. <laughs> 
Would you say that you watch it every year? Yeah, at least every other year. There's a lot of Christmas movies to get through. That is very true. Do, do you watch like multiple Christmas movies each year? Yes. <laughs> I like the, the look of shock. Like, of course. <laughs> what else would you be doing, Fletcher? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So and that's called uh, Santa Claus. Santa Claus. But not with Tim Allen. But not with Tim Allen. So no E on that. It's not the Santa Claus. It's Santa Claus. Just Santa Claus. Was that just like a TV movie or because, yeah, I never it came out like the theaters. John Lithgow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's the bad guy. And then Dudley Moore's in it. He's the elf that gets tired of working at the North Pole. Now someone wants to take the magic out of Christmas. He says, bigger, better, it's going to cost you. Cost? Cost who? Uh, the people who, who buy the toy. Well, nothing. We're going to give them away free. For free? Well, that's how we do it at the North Pole. Well, that's not how we do it here. Santa Claus is finished. I just wanted to- you just have to watch it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. You're introducing something new to us. This is good. Yeah. W- what a surprise at, ra- at number two for the draft. I mean. Way out there. That's good. We're coming hard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Adam, you're up. So I messaged because I wasn't sure how this was actually playing out. And it went way over my head that this is a draft. And so, you know, if you don't get to pick one in time, it's gone. And I'm really surprised Christmas vacation, I guess, even at three, because that's my pick. I was kind of like, oh, I'm going to put it at number one, but it's probably going to be gone. Oh, Heather's shaking her head. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to see what she's thinking. I think I saw that first when I was. I was thinking back to maybe third grade and it was something that was on TV and my parents just put it on and it's been a staple in our family for years. And as I've grown older, it is one of those cliched movies where it's like, as you watch it, you learn new things or you laugh at different jokes. Um, I still laugh at certain parts like him going down on the sled on the hill, the cat under the chair incident. It's just a lot of parts that continue to stand out. It is an ugly tree anyway. At least it's out of its misery. That's going to flip out. No, nobody's going to flip out. We make it a family tradition to watch it. We got my parents the DVD a couple of years ago. So when we do get together on the holidays, that's something we'll watch. And I think a drink for it is it'd have to be the eggnog. With the moose cup. Yep. So what were you shaking your head for, Heather? Um, That was my second pick. (laughs) 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 We really got the same taste in movies. That movie is really funny and I enjoy, like you said, I enjoy different parts of it every time. Heather, did you have a favorite moment that you wanted to highlight from that one? Honestly, I couldn't even pick, but I could probably quote the entire movie. I would say in my household, there is a lot of, why is the carpet wet, Todd? I don't know, (laughs) Margo. (laughs) It's a classic, but I think it is in my mind because of the characters. They really are. They did such a great job. As far as the actors and the writing, creating these people that it's an over the top situation for a holiday movie, but it feels believable in some sense, like putting up these, you're trying to go over the top to create a perfect scenario, but it has all these pitfalls throughout. And I, it's surprising how even this far removed from when I first saw it and continue to watch it, it still feels like a good movie with good characters that, and each time I've watched it, I've come to appreciate a new character. Even some of the side ones. Uncle Lewis, he's always a favorite. I like get my stogies or something. So, <laughs> Hey, Grizz, if you're not doing anything. 
<laughs> it's just so good. It's such a happy movie. <laughs> it's oddly relatable. You're right. I actually have kind of a funny story um, talking about watching it since we were a little kid. The scene where he's shopping at the mall and he runs into that attractive woman and he says, it's a bit nipply out. I mean, nippy out. Well, my dad started using nipply as an adjective for cold. And my little sister was in like first grade. And he would say it all the time in the house. And in her <laughs> first grade journal, she wrote nipply as cold in like one of her <laughs> notes about her week. And the teacher had to call my parents. <laughs> had to call my parents and be like, we're a little concerned about this. And it was because of Christmas vacation. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> I think in those scenes with uh, both the mall scene and then when he's thinking of having the back, the pool in the backyard, I remember being younger, my dad, like it would come on, like one of my parents would in the earlier years would go like, okay, Adam, got to turn your head now. <laughs> like, Don't look here. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Christmas vacation would be my number one pick and uh, eggnog to drink. And if you want to spice up the eggnog with anything, that's fine too. <laughs> I want to get a taxidermy squirrel to like stuff inside my christmas tree this is a subtle like nod to that movie <laughs> that's a good call you should totally do that <laughs> well fletcher yeah i am so excited because my first choice is still on the board my first pick is muppet christmas carol i'm not surprised <laughs> <laughs> i'm not surprised <laughs> you know a christmas carol is the quintessential christmas story it's been popular since dickens wrote it the first printings of it sold out it's been popular ever since there are lots of good tellings of it but that is my personal favorite version and michael kane is absolutely brilliant as scrooge you could take his performance and lift it out of that movie you don't know that he's acting opposite muppets he is just playing that completely straight and the emotions all there and his reactions are pitch perfect it's just a brilliant performance. Also, for a movie version of A Christmas Carol, you don't usually get as much of Charles Dickens' actual words. And because they have Gonzo in there as the narrator, being Charles Dickens, <laughs> uh, he actually gets to narrate certain portions of it and tell you what Scrooge is thinking or what's going on. He's an omniscient narrator and i love that and he's just got rizzo the rat following him around and <laughs> there are all sorts of funny moments that happen that are tangential to the main plot but like the vegetables singing help we're being stolen <laughs> or when the the lamplighters are going through and gonzo is being a lamplighter and he accidentally lights rizzo's tail on fire and rizzo goes light, light the lamp not the rat light the lamp not the rat <laughs> uh, i just love that Great songs. Old Scrooge, he loves his money because he thinks it gives him power. If he became a flavor, you can bet he would be sour. <laughs> Even the vegetables don't like him. If you've seen the movie before and like me, you grew up with it on VHS, there was a song, The Love Is Gone, which is the, the tragic heartbreak song between Scrooge and Belle. When she's leaving him because he's more obsessed with money than he is with leading a, a full life. And it was cut from the theatrical version and it hasn't been on any of the DVD releases or anything. And just mm -hmm. this year they found the original footage and they're restoring it for all future releases. I've never seen it. You've never seen it. Oh, 
I can't say I have seen the whole thing. But I know you love the Muppets. I do. And I'm not the type to pick the <laughs> Adam, have you seen this? You, you've got kids. This would be a fun one to show them. I think my wife has shown it to them. I don't, I don't know if they've watched it. They might have without me. It's been a long time since I've seen it. Did you watch that like as a family when you're growing up? Yes. Yeah, we always watched it as a family. It was always in rotation. And the way that I think it's best seen is if you're on a couch with a blanket on your lap, and a mug of hot cocoa and gingerbread cookies. Mm-hmm. That's that's my perfect Muppet Christmas Carol watching experience. I think Olivia and I might just have to watch that tonight because just seeing your level of enthusiasm right now has gotten me very excited. <laughs> Excellent. I don't even know if I know anything about Muppets. And the thing about <laughs> Olivia is she would love the Muppets. So I think this is a must for us. I'm Mark Simon, president of Connect Life, and I want to thank everyone who stepped up to donate blood and help our community stay strong and healthy. But the demand to keep our Western New York hospitals stocked with the life-saving blood they need is ongoing, especially with our current health crisis. So as we approach the season of giving, please donate blood to help our neighbors who need it. It doesn't cost a penny to give a gift that's priceless. Visit connectlife.org urgent to schedule your appointment or arrange a blood drive today. Heather, you're up again. I'm very excited to talk about my second pick, which is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer from 1964. It is as old as my father, whose birthday is next week. (laughs) So it's getting up there. It's made it through more than a couple generations now, and it's still a classic. So like I said, it's a Christmas movie that my parents grew up with. My mom is still, I think, more excited about it when it's on air than any of us kids are. She was the one who always put it on and made sure we were in the living room to watch it. She still calls me at home to tell me that Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is going to be on ABC tonight (laughs) to make sure you put it on. It's just like such a funny and quirky, cute little movie with fun little characters and a good little lesson that being different is, is like a blessing that being different is okay. And that everybody is different. You can be a misfit and it's okay. You can be a misfit toy and that's fine. You can have a glowing red nose and you can still fit in as long as you're useful to Santa Claus. (laughs) 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 Ignore the bully. I like that you said it's quirky because that's definitely one of its main characteristics. When I was thinking of all these movies, what I realized was even the children's Christmas movies, a lot of them still appeal to adults because they've got that quirkiness that maybe children don't notice right away. But adults kind of like can see that humor, like Bumble, the abominable snowman. Didn't I ever tell you about Bumble's? Bumble's bounce. Like, it's just so... Just like such a silly concept. I love the cowboy that rides an ostrich (laughs) (laughs) on the island of misfit toys. (laughs) Like all the toys are so silly. My name is... Don't tell me. Jack. No, Charlie. That's why I'm a misfit toy. My name is all wrong. No child wants to play with a Charlie in the box, so I had to come here. So, yeah, it's just like such a classic movie that I think is going to carry on beyond our generation and just be a staple in the Christmas season. A classic snack, I think, for it would just be a cut-out sugar cookie with hot cocoa. 
Very nice. Find some small children and enjoy Rudolph in their eyes. I, I think I always got freaked out at the point when I think they first encountered the the Bumble mm-hmm. and they got pushed off on the ice flow. Is that the mm-hmm. order? And then he goes to the Misfit Toys? I think they're running oh. from him. Yeah, yeah. Around that time, I think, when he would be floating away and then he goes to Misfit Toys, then he kind of goes off by himself and then like the Bumble noise is screaming in the background. You know, growing up, there'd be times where I was kind of terrified of that part. And it, <laughs> it was a good movie, but I'd always would be like, oh, I don't know if I love this movie. And getting older, though, it is more joyful because of the funnier lines, because of the silly quirkiness of it, like you said. Um, but yeah, there were times growing up where the bumble actually terrified me. <laughs> it was like he had those sharp teeth. and But then afterwards, you had a dentist for an elf who just took care of that problem. <laughs> Super quirky. Yeah. I really liked how you put it. As long as you're useful to Santa Claus, <laughs> you're accepted. He's useful, so it's okay that he's different. <laughs> right. Which, if you weren't useful, you'd be back at the Misfit Toys still. <laughs> I, I love the, the reindeer coach, how he's got the whistle and the hat. All right, gang, we're not going to let Rudolph play in any reindeer games. <laughs> it's just, it's very well characterized in very few strokes like that. <laughs> I just couldn't really get into the claymation when I was a kid. I didn't really watch them too much. You didn't have a mom that plopped you in front of the TV and told you how important it was to watch Rudolph. (laughs) You must have missed that memo. (laughs) That's how traditions begin. Olivia, you're up. Okay, so for my number two movie, I picked Home Alone. Was that on your list? No, uh, that actually didn't even come to my mind. And when you said, I'm like... (sighs) I've, I've forgotten so many movies and I'm hearing, I'm like, oh, Home Alone. That's a good one. Yeah. I just rewatched that last week. There are parts of it that are very 90s, but it really does hold up well in, in the pacing, in the cinematography, in the stunt work. <laughs> Keep the change, you filthy animal. They just have an episode I just watched on uh, Movies That Made Us. And it talked all about it. And in the scene where the kitchen's flooded and they catch Kevin at the end, they built it in an abandoned like school pool so that the water had somewhere to go. Oh, that was cool. And that's a movie where the sequel is just as good as the first one, I think. Yeah, but only one and two are good. Yeah. And both are Christmasy. Yeah. I know someone whose voicemail message was the clip from the fake old movie that Kevin puts on. Leave it at the door and get the hell out. (laughs) Angels with dirty souls. They shot all of the scenes for that movie specifically for Home Alone. Like it wasn't a real old movie. I know. I tried to look it up once. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I didn't realize that. That was so they filmed that for Home Alone. huh? And I just found out that um, John Candy was paid $75 less than the pizza delivery boy. Which I thought was crazy because it was John Candy. What would your perfect scenario be for watching Home Alone? Oh, definitely. Okay, so my parents always roasted chestnuts on the fireplace. So we would have roasted chestnuts and eggnog or apple cider or whatever. The drink wasn't important. I've never before met someone who actually roasted chestnuts on an open fire. Yeah, it seemed like it was just a song. Adam, you're up. Oh, wow. I actually have a couple that weren't picked and I'm debating which to go with i i think what's i would go with next it wasn't a movie it was a holiday special the garfield christmas special um it was from 1987 um it was one where 
my mom had actually made um, over the years when we were growing up, like as holiday movies would come on. And at the time there was the VHS tape, so you could tape it from TV. So that was one of several holiday movies on one VHS tape that we would just run through over and over. And so Garfield Christmas special always stands out. That's where Garfield and Odie and John, they go off to the family farm and that sounds really dark now sending a cat and dog to the family farm. Almost, but, I just thought, um, but they, they, they went there and they visited the family. They had John's grandparents. And in the process, it's just kind of Garfield being the snarky cat. And then Odie in the meantime is going out to the barn a lot and he's making a Christmas gift for Garfield, which turns out, has anyone seen this? No, 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 this is new to me. Okay. So he, yeah, he makes a, a back scratcher. He basically takes like a garden tool with the claw on it and attaches it to a thing. So when Garfield walks under it, he can get his back scratched. And I always just thought it was the coolest little invention because here's a dog just wrapping up twine and a garden tool. And he put a couple other parts. I think a plunger stick was used and that was just kind of neat. And so the Gar- Garfield Christmas special is one. I think when I talk to my sister is like, oh yeah, that's, that's a classic. Have your kids seen it yet? I think I've shown it to my daughter. I don't know if I've shown it. It might be a couple of years. I think we found it at the library recently and got it. And she didn't care at all. She was just like, okay, I'm done with this. It had a decent message, you know, the just being with family type of thing. But it was also fun for a kid to see a talking cat and a dog that's kind of inventive. Does lasagna come into it at all? I'm sure there was lasagna. Garfield, wake up. Good morning, John. No time for small talk, Garfield. It's Christmas morning, and you know what that means. Of course I do. Christmas means presents. Lots and lots of presents. First things first, Garfield. You can't open presents on an empty stomach. Here are your breakfast lasagnas. You may eat your way to the tree. He was eating a lot of food, and he'd often would just be sitting with the grandma at the window in a rocking chair getting petted the whole time while everything else was happening around him. I'll put that on my list. And what would your favorite scenario be for watching that movie? Oh, so uh, my wife's family makes these cookies called Gucci Daddies. It's fig inside of a cookie. And then they put like a little frosting and sprinkles on top. But whoever in the family makes the fig, it's something where it takes like all day. Like they melt it down in a pot and add some other ingredients to it. So then when it gets in there, it's an intensive, intensive cookie to make, but it's friggin' delicious. Now, Fletcher, what's up for you? I am so excited because I thought for sure this movie would be taken. My second pick is A Christmas Story. Oh, good one. I can't believe nobody <laughs> took it yet. Uh, I have never seen that. Really? What? <laughs> I was waiting for it. <laughs> My wife's what? like, I'd asked her, what Christmas movies? And she goes, well, you can't talk about Christmas Story, which I don't know how you haven't seen yet. And it's just, I keep missing it. I know. It's on uh, 24 hours on Christmas Day, so you really can't miss really? it. <laughs> <laughs> I had it on my list, but I had it way down as a backup. Yeah. And and I'd say, although that movie is great because it is basically a bunch of little vignettes all put together, so you can kind of jump in anywhere. I do enjoy it watching beginning to end, not just like kind of tuning in midway through. It, at least for the first time you see it, you should see it all the way through. Sure. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's been I, a long time favorite. Oh, I, I've loved that movie for so long. When we were kids, my sisters and I, we wouldn't actually call it a Christmas story. We'd call it Ralphie. That was the name of the movie for us is <laughs> Ralphie. And uh, it had been one of my father's favorite movies as well. And so we kind of all got to bond over that. But 
that movie, the the lead actor, the the kid who plays Ralphie, is so good at presenting the emotions that that a small child would have. And when I was a kid, I just identified with it so much. I, I understood exactly how much he wanted to get that official Red Rider BB gun and how, you know, the bullies were terrifying and parents were kind of arbitrary. The, the adult world was just incomprehensible, but it controlled your entire life. And Gene Shepard, whose writings that movie is based on, also provides the narration and his point of view is just so good. His writing is so evocative. Uh, one of my very favorite pieces is when uh, there's there's a scene where the main character's little brother, Randy, gets uh, knocked over by a bully in his overstuffed snowsuit. And the narrator says, Randy lay there like a slug. It was his only defense. (laughs) (laughs) And that just as a piece of writing is so fantastic. And Ralphie in the movie just has this vivid imagination and he's always being carried off to this land where he's in these dramatic overwrought situations. And that's pretty much how I lived my childhood is (laughs) I was off in my own little world. And as I said, when I was a kid, I really connected with Ralphie. I I appreciated the jokes that they have for for the kids. But now that I'm an adult, when I rewatch that movie, there are these subtle performances by the actors who play the parents or just the reaction shots from the teachers or the other adults in the situation. And it's so great. And the the dad has all sorts of fake swearing that he does throughout it. Like he has to go down and fix the furnace. Oh, blast it! Two blurred rattles, rat, hammer, blurred, you blood have rattled, feast, jerk up, rat! In the heat of battle, my father wove a tapestry of obscenity that, as far as we know, is still hanging in space over Lake Michigan. there's a point where ralphie is in a fight and he's saying the same made-up words that his dad had said in the basement you know i have a lot of thoughts on this one but i'll try to keep it brief (laughs) because he knows it's one of my family's favorites as well fun fact actually the house that that movie was filmed in is in cleveland ohio and it's a museum now so you can go see the christmas story house um, which my parents both did, and they said it was awesome. I always related a lot with Ralphie, um, like when he's getting punished by his mom with the soap in the mouth, and like whenever he's in trouble. Like when you're a kid, you just you you relate to that. Um, I just heard that he is an elf on the movie Elf. What? As an adult? Yeah. No. Yeah, they showed a clip, and out. yes, <laughs> my mind was That's awesome. Yeah, he he's like the yeah. supervisor elf. That's pretty cool. He's also a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's cool. He is? Yeah. I didn't know that. And what would you drink with that if you were sitting watching it again? I really think that that movie is best enjoyed with Ovaltine. My fingers flew. My mind was a steel trap. Every pore vibrated. It was almost clear. Yes, 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 yes. Be sure to drink your Ovaltine. Ovaldine?
A crummy commercial? Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever tried it with me? I don't think so. Hey, listeners, the Enthusiasts Guild wants to hear from you. Yes, you. We want to hear what you are enthusiastic about for 2021. We're preparing a special episode to kick off the new year, and we're inviting our listeners to contribute audio segments. You can call us up at a special phone number. You don't have to talk to us, but you can leave us a message and let us know who you are and what you're enthusiastic about. It can be simple. It can be fun. Uh, If you want to ramble a little bit, that's fine, too. We're known for rambling. But basically, you can call up and say, hi, this is Adam. And for 2021, I'm enthusiastic about training for a marathon or I'm enthusiastic about this project I have at home or whatever you have going on in your life in the next year and you want to share with our listeners. So that number is 716-222-0828. What was that number again? That's 716-222-0828. And we're looking forward to hearing from you. So let us know what you're enthusiastic about for 2021. All right, we are on our final round of the draft. Heather, you're up. I'm really glad that this movie was not taken yet. I love the movie Elf by Will Ferrell. It seems <laughs> Jeremy's angry. It seems like such a new Christmas movie, but I feel like it's been out for a while now, and we're just old and don't realize. <laughs> no, it is old. It's like 2002. Yeah, it's getting it's getting there, but it still feels like a newer Christmas what? movie to me. <laughs> I just love how innocent Buddy the Elf is. He's so well-intentioned and such a high-spirited person because he grew up as an elf in the North Pole. I love the jazzy soundtrack to it, actually. There's so many good classic Christmas songs. One that sticks out to me and always reminds me of the movie is Pennies from Heaven by Louis Prima. Uh, it's just like a very upbeat. It's when he first gets to New York and is checking out the city. Uh, he's just so innocent and funny and just everything. He just doesn't understand like how real adults live. Like one of the best lines is, um, we elves try to stick to the four main food groups, candy, candy canes, candy corns, and syrup. <laughs> and now I just think about it and like, how does he, how does he survive on just like sugar, like simple sugar, not even just carbs. It's like dumping maple syrup down on his spaghetti. <laughs> He's just a very hilarious character. That that movie is just fantastic i actually just watched it last night and every time i watch that i am delighted anew by will ferrell's performance just the the montage when he first gets to new york city and he's like taking the flyers from the people on the street or he um eating the gum trying to cry when he's at the crosswalk and he's hopping with his feet together on only he's only hopping on the white stripes on the crosswalk <laughs> He congratulates the coffee shop for being the best coffee in New York. You did it! <laughs> the security elf at the mall 
Did you see that his name tag is a girl's name? It was supposed to be Wanda Sykes' character, and they already made the name tag, and they never changed it, so he has this, like, random name tag on. Why are you smiling like that? I just like to smile. Smiling's my favorite. Make work your favorite. That's your favorite, okay? Okay. Work is your new favorite. Fine. It's time for the announcement. Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Santa here? I know him. I know him. I'm glad we already talked about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, too, because I think that the North Pole scenes in Elf are so perfect to that that Rankin-Bass claymation style where he's got like the Arctic puffin and when uh, the narwhal pops up and he's like, I hope you find your dad. <laughs> and uh, Leon, the snowman. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see that? They actually almost got sued for that because they they actually like really copied it. Oh, it's, it's very close, but I, I think it's... Uh, it was their inspiration. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're embracing it. They're they're celebrating it. Um, you should eat it with spaghetti and, and syrup, maple syrup. Well, I was gonna say um, <laughs> that's perfect. I feel like popcorn and like a variety of snacks from the four main elf food groups. <laughs> you don't see much candy corn this time of year. No. You oh, don't. unless it's the no. the holiday colored candy corn. Sometimes you do see that never seen that oh yeah yeah where it's green and red instead of yellow and orange wow might have to go shopping after this (laughs) (laughs) olivia the next pick is yours okay so my number three pick is christmas with the cranks has anybody i've heard of it it. is that what tim allen and that lady the makeup lady from my girl she like does makeup on the dead bodies she is on Freaky Friday with Lindsay Lohan. Jamie Lee Curtis? Yes. That's the yogurt lady, yes. The yogurt lady. <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis, famed yogurt lady. Yes. Right. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> yeah. They're in the movie and they want to cancel Christmas so that they can go on a cruise because their daughter is like off living her life. And at the last minute, she's coming home with her new boyfriend and they have to remake Christmas. They usually host a big party, but they made all their neighbors mad and they have to come together. And it's the true spirit of Christmas deep down. I know I've definitely seen it once, but it's been a very long time. It's one of my favorites. But I could definitely like, kind of like you said, Adam, earlier, like as a kid, you see one um, part of the movie and you relate to it like you relate to the daughter who's like trying to come home and have like a holiday with her family. But then now that I'm an adult with Christmas obligations of my own, I kind of relate to the parents who want to go on a cruise. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, cancel Christmas. Yeah, it's just like ignore, ignore all of your Christmas obligation. But they don't have any obligations because your daughter's done. So ideally, yeah. Quiet. Why are you whispering, Luther? This is our house. I'm whispering for the same reason you're hiding behind that curtain. Huh? What would go with that movie? My mom makes a lot of sausage rolls, so we would always just snack on those two. I didn't know that sausage rolls were such a big thing, but it seems to be a British culture thing. Yeah, her mom's English. Yeah, our traditions are, I guess, different than yours. We never had like a lot of cookies laying around. We just had mini mincemeat pies and sausage rolls. That sounds lovely to me. I, I like both of those things. 
I like the savory, so it was good. I am a fan of your sausage. Mm, I have had her rolls. I make them now. All right, Adam, it's your final pick. So I was having trouble thinking of different ones to pick, and uh, some came to mind. They felt like others would have taken already, so I didn't even think of them. But one that popped to my mind, and it's not a Christmas movie, but it takes place at Christmas, is Batman Returns. Michael Keaton by Tim Burton. It's got Michelle Pfeiffer, Danny DeVito, Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman, um, Danny DeVito's The Penguin. And I always enjoyed... So Christmas movies are fun, but I always enjoyed a movie that did have winter scenes, probably because they didn't do it often, and maybe because we grew up here in the Buffalo region where it's always snowing. So whenever they would do something in the snow that wasn't just a holiday thing, it was kind of cool. And so even though it is taking place around the holidays in the movie... It's got the snow. It's got Batman, who's cool. Michael Keaton was great in it. I thought the the villains were really sweet in there. Not sweet as in endearing, but just really well done. Again, as I was just thinking of different movies, that one stuck out as kind of a different holiday movie. It's one I haven't seen in a while, but I remember always enjoying the different, how it went from, the, if you were a fan of the first Michael Keaton Batman movie, this one did a nice job, I thought, of continuing on and solidifying him as a very good Batman character. So not super Christmas themed, but it had Christmas elements in there. It was the holiday time. The production design of those Tim Burton Batman movies is so iconic and so visually interesting. It, it really set the style for the Batman the Animated Series, which I enjoy quite a bit, too, which I think also took off of that Danny Elfman score that's used with the Tim Burton Batman films. The score is so good. That really helps the movies out. I can't believe that you talked about Batman Returns without talking about Christopher Walken. Ah, he was so good in there, too. Good villain. I only wish I could hand out more than just expensive baubles. I wish I could hand out world peace and unconditional love. Wrapped in a big bowl. He's the one that kind of creates the Catwoman character by pushing Michelle Pfeiffer's character out the window. And yeah, he gets it in the end in a bad way, which was enjoyed to the penguin scenes, you know, when they're going out there with all the rockets strapped to their back and how Batman had to defuse that and some of the explosion. It was just, again, looking back, it's got some good cinematography to it. Really good way of capturing the Batman character at that time. I like the scenes of the actual penguins. I, I think they're a lot of fun to watch, but I do not like the scenes of the penguin played by Danny DeVito because he is so <laughs> gross Creepy. and it's intentional, but he's always like chewing on something. Ugh. Yeah, I think that Tim Burton didn't direct Nightmare Before Christmas because he was directing that at the time. Hmm. I'm glad that you picked that because I had a lot of movies that weren't really Christmassy, but they had Christmas in them and I, sh- I shuffled them down because I... We thought it like Die Hard. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> <laughs> Well, come what may. Merry Christmas, Mr. Wayne. Merry Christmas, Albert. Good will toward men. And women. What would go with Batman Returns? A Great Lakes Christmas ale right now. I think that'd be a really good beer. Just kind of relax and watch the movie and have a couple of those. And if you're having it late nice. at night, you can fall asleep on the couch. It'd be perfect. Kick back and, and have that. And now Fletcher, last pick. 
How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the 1966 animated TV special. It's directed by Chuck Jones, who did a lot of the old cartoons, the the Roadrunner and Wiley e. Coyote ones. And you can see that influence, especially in the scenes with the sleigh when uh, the Grinch is riding up to the top of Mount Crumpet or then when he's trying to recover the sleigh after he's got that change of heart. Narrated by Boris Karloff, you know, Boris Karloff, classic horror movie actor. He's he's got this great voice for narration and his tone is so perfect whether he's talking about the sweet stuff like cindy lou who who is no more than two or whether he's being menacing and talking about the grinch's evil plans the grinch hated christmas the whole christmas season please don't ask why no one quite knows the reason it could be perhaps that his shoes were too tight It could be his head wasn't screwed on just right. But I think that the most likely reason of all may have been that his heart was two sizes too small. Dr. Seuss's language. I know it's easy to rhyme when you're making up the words, but even the made up words are very evocative. You know, when they bang their who wonkers and (laughs) all that stuff, you kind of know like, oh, yeah, that sounds like it would be a noisy thing. It's a short movie. It is 25 minutes long. It's easy to get in and and enjoy. It has a full narrative structure in that that short amount of time. And you get to know the who's you get to know the Grinch. Some some backstory is kind of alluded to or, or hinted at, but you don't actually know how the Grinch got to be where he is or what who society is like outside of the Christmas season. but it it's again very evocative so that is my pick nice i love dr seuss i mean everything he does has such a deep message to it and yet it's so appealing to small children and just yeah but like you said like even the made-up language is somehow accurate It, it still evokes that emotion that it should I love the Grinch song. Yes. That song, I think, is such a classic that they even put that in the Jim Carrey movie, the same version. We just read that recently to my kids. It's fun going back and revisiting that. Did you prefer, so you prefer the animated over the, the live action? It's the one I grew up with. I just think it's perfect. And I know we've talked about Christmas cutouts before, but I think that that is the best thing to go with that cartoonish, especially like. Christmas cutouts that are frosted with food coloring and, and white frosting so that uh, you've got those bright colors and Christmas trees and everything. Nice. What's great is because there are four of us and we did three rounds each. We have 12 movies. So basically there's a movie for each of the 12 days of Christmas. We have It's a Wonderful Life, Santa Claus, Christmas Vacation, Muppet Christmas Carol, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Home Alone. Garfield Christmas Special, A Christmas Story, Elf, Christmas with the Cranks, Batman Returns, and How the Grinch Stole Christmas. That's a movie festival's worth of Christmas movies. But I did want to give everybody a chance if there's something else that we didn't get to that you want to shout out. I think that Charlie Brown's Christmas deserves some acknowledgement. Okay, uh, what about Prancer? I've never seen Prancer. You've got a whole different set of Christmas traditions than I do. Oh. 
wow. That's an old live action one, right? Has Sam Elliott in it as a dad? I think I'd seen that years ago. It was good. It was one of those ones we had on our VHS test or tape for Christmas specials. <laughs> yeah, same. I actually just rewatched it last year for the first time in years. And some of the jokes are kind of dark. Like they're the girl singing in class and she's just a little kid. And then you hear a kid in the background say, my dead dog sounds better than that. And I was like, Ooh, <laughs> I like, never noticed that before. My one that I'd be remiss not to mention is the 1994 Little Women with Winona Ryder. Yes. <laughs> My family watches that every year at Christmas time. It's such a good movie. I, again, movie with a great score. I like that while eating cranberry bread because that's one of those family traditions that my family would always make a, a sweet cranberry bread. Adam, any, any ones you didn't get a chance to shout out? Probably just another TV special, The Frosty the Snowman Show. The original from, I had to look it up, it was 1969. That's just a classic in our family as well. Something we, I haven't watched in years, but, you know, I did show my kids that last year. And that would have been one, if all my other picks had been taken, I probably would have gone there earlier. I think that must be neat about being a parent is you get to pass on some of your Christmas favorites. And not everything's timeless, but some of them, it's still a Christmas story. I've been trying and... And not trying too hard because I recognize with other things, other media or whatever, just to say, hey, kids, are you interested? And for two minutes they are and then they're bored and they're going off looking at their own thing. So I just I got my thing. And if I'm happy and I'll end up enjoying Dora the Explorer holiday special as well, too, at times. So that's fine. (laughs) I'm honestly jealous, Adam, that you are able to share your traditions with your kids. I don't have kids yet. And. I'm already excited about being able to do that with my hypothetical children. (laughs) (laughs) Well, next time you do a podcast, you can also be graced with the joy of hearing them downstairs. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, we'll wrap up our episode. Thank you so much, Heather and Olivia, for joining us for our first ever holiday special. This has been really fun for me. I I hope it's been a good time for you. Yeah, this was awesome. Thanks for being here. The little lights are not twinkling. I know, Arden. Thanks for noticing. Thanks for listening to this special holiday episode of The Enthusiasts Guild. If you enjoy our show, please share it with a friend. Our music today is by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. It is Deck the Halls B, used under a Creative Commons license.